Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hi, hi, hi. So I do have some shows coming up. On February 16th, I'm at JFL, Just for Laughs, in Vancouver. And then on February 23rd through 24th, I'm doing four shows at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, come on over. Come on over, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't you date me? Uh, a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, was trying to figure out why I'm still single. But guess what? The jury's out. Nobody knows. So now I'm just having fun talking about love and shit. Okay, my guest today is a comedian and Emmy-nominated writer for Conan. <laughs> I almost said Conan's name wrong. I almost <laughs> said Co-Min, and I don't know what's happening. Her new special is called... <laughs> I can't talk today. It's called Sis Woke. I should start over. My guest today... You know what? We'll keep it. Lori... Okay, my guest is Lori Kilmartin, and she shook her head, so she was like, keep going, power through this. Her new special is called Cis Woke Grief Slut, which I find so fucking funny, and you can stream it now. It's Lori Kilmartin! Lori, boy, oh boy. Sorry about that intro. It was tough. <laughs> um, I, I feel honored. I mean, I got a, I got a double intro, and I felt <laughs> like you were really in the moment, so thank you. <laughs> I was in the moment. I should tell people, there's a leak in my house, so I feel crazy. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's getting your furniture. That's, uh, that's yeah. something I don't know how to fix, and that water can just stay in a cushion forever. Yeah, I don't really know how to fix it either, but I did order some fans on DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it dries it right out. Lori, this podcast is not about my leak or my furniture. <laughs> it's about love. Yeah. So Valentine's Day is coming up. Do you celebrate? I do <laughs> What? No, it's not. No, the I, the idea of celebrating is even funny. It's it's like the I mean, I have had, you know, female comics tend to get work, especially on Valentine's Day, because uh, mm. bookers will go, oh, yeah, we need a we need a woman. Um, and then you're you're just dragging a guy to a show where the audience is couples and he's mm-hmm. just going, we're not really a couple because you're on stage right now. Uh, so I find <laughs> Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve is when I lose the most boyfriends um, because mm. I'm working and they they want a, a regular woman who doesn't do stuff like that, you know? Yeah, fair. I have only, I've only been out once for Valentine's Day and it was while I was dating someone and we were also on a break. <laughs> 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 we were on a break and uh, they understood that Valentine's Day was important. And I had told them that I'd never celebrated Valentine's Day with someone. So we stopped our break to celebrate Valentine's Day. But Aww. then I was like, it was nice. It was nice in theory. But then like we didn't go to a restaurant that had like hearts everywhere. So it didn't it just felt like a normal day. And then like we <laughs> restarted our break after. 
which was like kind of funny to be like, okay, we did our dinner and now we can't talk again. <laughs> it it seems like he got away with not paying Valentine's Day prices because they went to a, a re- you guys went to a regular restaurant and then yeah. and then got back up in you. So, I mean, cheers to him and you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really should have taken me. He should have taken me to a place that had hearts and stuff. I I agree. And overpriced steak and yes, you know, so uh, I could have really experienced Valentine's Day. Yes, uh, people serenading, etc. Yeah, I went to. This doesn't have anything to do with Valentine's Day, but I went to Tam O'Shanter's during Christmas when they have the Carolers, and they were like, oh. "What song do you want?" And I was like, "Share." And then everyone <laughs> stared at me, and then I was like, "Believe." And they were like, "No, Christmas songs." And I was like, "Uh, strong enough." And then they didn't like me. They were very mad at me. Boo! But I was like, "Why just Christmas songs? Why not? Why not just be a jukebox?" Yeah. Anyway, how are Carolers not share fans? That's that seems that wrong. That blew my mind, Lori. <laughs> have you ever gotten a Valentine's Day present? I've never gotten a Valentine's Day present. All, my dad always gave me a Valentine's Day present. He always sent me a card. That was the first thing I noticed after he died. Aww. I'm like, oh, this ended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh, where's my card? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> huh, he's not here. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's sweet. I don't recall any, maybe because I conditioned men to... Uh, not treat me like I needed, you know, like, oh, I'm tough. I'm a different kind of woman. <laughs> and they believed me, uh, which was a huge, huge mistake. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. But my dad was always the guy that sent me something for Valentine's Day. That's very sweet. My dad never sent me one thing for Valentine's Day. I don't think he even knew Valentine's Day happened. <laughs> Growing up, I don't remember my parents ever, like, celebrating Valentine's Day. I think maybe my mom got my dad a card and he'd be like, uh-oh. Um, happy Valentine's Day. And then, like, that's all he would do. But I don't remember them ever, like, going out. I don't remember them ever going on dates either. Huh. Oh, my parents never went on dates. But that was more of a money thing. My dad would always get my mom a little Valentine's Day present. She got him nothing. So that did teach me that (laughs) (laughs) that women need to be gifted and not give gifts, which maybe doesn't work anymore. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't really understand modern dating. And I've been trying to speak to men in public, which sounds very elementary. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to talk to men. (laughs) But like, it's hard. And I don't under like, I don't I was talking to my therapist. And I was like, what do you say to them? And she was like, hello. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. All right. But like, after the hello, I'm like, I don't know. What do men like? Cars? I don't I like cars. But like, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with that either. I I mean, I've always been, I guess I was just raised that you, you exist and they come up to you. And so I, I mean, I have to give men credit for being maybe and just watching, seeing my son, knowing how, how nervous he would be that they have to always make the first move, you know, and, uh, How nerve-wracking that would be, especially if – I know there's some men that just try constantly because they're just mm-hmm. – it's a numbers thing. But if you're a guy who actually has a crush on somebody, you don't know how – and they're not – they're giving off the ice princess vibes and you don't – but the, but also are interested but don't know how to turn that off. I, I don't know how you'd approach them. That That's actually pretty tough. Me either. But, like, I don't really know any gentlemen who, like, don't just go for it. Like, I've never had a friend be like, oh, man, I like this girl and I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like they're like, I asked her out, didn't work out. And I'm like, huh. I guess men are just constantly getting rejected. Right. I mean, they are, I guess. But you you wouldn't know if, if there is somebody that has a huge crush on you and just can't, you know, is overwhelmed or like, oh, you're famous or you're this and that. And they don't. They don't they think that you wouldn't be into them. They'll just suffer silently for the rest of their lives and probably turn into a troll. <laughs> I don't want someone to turn into a troll. Tell me if you like me. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that is okay. But here's the thing. Uh, sometimes uh, people are like, I like you. And I'm like, ew, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so tough. What What it are the really odds is. that the chemistry works on both? Have you ever... I I um dated or I was like online with somebody 
that lived uh, far away, like that lived mm-hmm. in the South. And then we met and it was like, oh, there's no chemistry. But at, oh. it, there was chemistry online and it was yes. really depressing. That is that does make me upset. And I people tell me I'm wrong for this, but like I I don't know a different way to do it. I will only have a back and forth with someone like three or four times before I meet them because I'm like, some people are really great texters and they're terrible at talking. Yes. Or someone's a terrible texter and they're great at talking. So I don't like to make up things about people until I meet them and then I can make up things about them and how wonderful they are when they're actually pieces of trash. You know? (laughs) And so much of it is how your body can it like just vibrates next to theirs mm-hmm. and and whether and it has nothing to do with their who they are as a person. I mean, I know that I've been very attracted to awful men. So uh, <laughs> so much of it's that and you cannot drum up. You can't force yourself to be into somebody that you that your body immediately goes friend. <laughs> you can't yeah. be like, but, no. but, but, but we shared naked. No, friend. That's a friend. Doesn't yeah, feel right. You've seen my yeah. titties, but like it's friendship titties right now. <laughs> right. You can't be sucking on them. You can just look at them. <laughs> Platonic boobies. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I once went out on a date and I was so horny. I was like so excited. I was like, I'm going to sleep with him. I don't care uh, whether we get along or not. Like I'm just going to do it. And then I got there and I was like, oh. I like actually can't sleep with him. I can't fuck this man. I no matter how hard I try, I simply couldn't do it. There was just something about him that I was like, and this was like years and years ago. He also smelt like a dish rag. That was like the big thing about oh, him. Like, awful. It was you know how like it just it's yeah. No smell. That scent like, is scent is so important. Is this all primal stuff? Right. From mm-hmm. when we were be- you know, before we had language, maybe even, you know, it's just you're, yeah. you're either it's either a yes or a no. And then frequently you're talking yourself into stuff that really sh- is a no, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe we should go back to simpler times where we lived outside and grunted at each other. And <laughs> the one, you know, you, you didn't have to, like, get along. You're just like, do it. <laughs> Do I like you? Let's fuck. Right. I don't Are know. Are you a I don't know. stepfather? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you married? Are you dating? I know you have a child. So at one point, I don't want to say that. I was like, you were in a relationship. But then I was like, that doesn't happen either. You could not be in a relationship. Listen, I've lost my mind. What are you? (laughs) I'm willing to step in at any time. Um, I am a single mom. I uh, have been in relationships. I um, have... I am not dating at the moment. I'm waiting till my son graduates from high school and he's a junior. So I'm on the precipice of getting laid in, a, I think, about a year and a half. So I'm pretty excited. That is exciting. What a thing to look forward to. Yes. Because, like, that's a big step. Your kid gets to go to college and then you get fucked. <laughs> I know. That's fun. Yeah. It, 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 it. When you have a kid at home, it feels like you're bringing in a potential parent. And then it's oh. it's too much. It's too much drama and too much vetting. It's not fun. And when he's 18 and he probably won't be out of the house, but he'll be a full adult. (laughs) And it's just then I can date like someone that's probably a bad idea because it Mm. won't have many repercussions on my son. That's what I think. I think that's smart. I think that's good. Because, okay, I watched 90 Day Fiance Mm -hmm. and there is one couple. Okay, so it's the single life. So it's an offshoot. And there's this guy, Patrick, who's dating this woman, Megan. And she has a kid. And the kid, I think, is like five or something. And he like met the kid. And I was like, well, now this kid is going to get attached to this person. And then if you break up, this poor kid's going to have to be like, all right, well, I guess we're on to the next person I get attached to. And then it's sad. It is sad. Although my son doesn't remember any boyfriends before the age of seven, which is uh, a relief because I there were some turds. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) even when he sees pictures, it doesn't jar any memory. So I'm really glad about that. That's pretty funny. Be like, I don't know that man. Yeah. No, I don't know that <laughs> nope. man at all. I <laughs> never met photo- that man before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you Photoshop me on his lap? Oh, good. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. <laughs> Santa's dressed differently. Why isn't he in his full costume? <laughs> I'm telling you what I want for Christmas, right? I'm in his lap. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that that is scary, though. That's I, I I wanted to avoid that. Like, I feel like being the son of a comic is is troubling enough in mm. terms of a childhood. And I didn't want to add uh, a bad stepfather or somebody that seemed good. And then you marry them or they move in and then it becomes ugly. And my son has to, you know, be a part of all the pushing of them out, you know? I think you're a good mom for that, because if I were you, I would be like, I'm going to live my life. And I don't think that's a good mom mentality. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's like actually really harmful. And for the life of me, I can't ever see a flip side of it. I can't be like, no, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to stop what I'm doing for this child, which is crazy. I kind of feel like that way about stand up. Like that was Mm -hmm. where I put that selfishness is into stand up because I often prefer stand up to men anyway. Um, Sure. So if I had to choose, that would be that. Right. And and I guess I felt like if I was going to be out for the night, I would rather be on stage than on a date. That makes sense. That's, I think, healthy. I'd be, I don't know what I would choose. Wait, Lori, I have a question. Mm hmm. When you started dating, did you start early or late? Like, are you an early bloomer or late bloomer? Very late. Very late bloomer. Um, I was I uh, Catholic school and wasn't a, a rebel, was like very mm-hmm. much in in the, in the house, wasn't trying to escape or anything. And I was a I was a competitive swimmer. So I was like, you know. I guess like I always had something to do that was my real thing, like whether swimming or stand up and then men or boys ever, they always came second because I kind of felt like, I, I don't know why I felt like this early on. Maybe it's, maybe it's some mother stuff, but it was like, mm-hmm. you can't count. You have to be able to take care of yourself. And may I, I think my mom, I don't know. She may have, I, I may have seen her as trapped um, by circumstances that mm-hmm. she couldn't get out of on her own. And maybe part of me was like, I'm never going to be like that. I'm going to, you know, take the lead on taking care of myself and not not wait for a guy to swoop in because sometimes mm-hmm. they swoop in and they still can't, you know, there's still money problems and now you can't help because you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever. What That which is more her condition back in the, you know, the 70s and 80s. So mm-hmm. that is wild where... I feel like for a very long time, women were taught, like, a man will help you. A man will save you. Yeah. A man will take care of you. And then you're, like, locked into a thing where, like, you don't have a credit card and you don't have any, like, income coming in to, like, save to then leave. Oh, my God. So I was on Instagram. I love Instagram. And this man, you know the, are you, are, I guess it's a Reddit thing that someone screenshot and put on Instagram, but it's like, uh, am I the asshole? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then this one was, it wasn't like, am I the asshole? He was like asking for help. So he was like, so me and my girlfriend had a little DV situation. And at first I was like, DV? And I was like, wait, is he being cute about domestic violence? And I was like, well, gotta read on. (laughs) And then then he was like, um, and we, and he's like, it wasn't anything big, but we got into an argument and I shouldn't have touched her, but I did. But we uh, reconciled, continued living together. Then we moved to a new apartment and she told me that I didn't have to sign the lease, that the uh, the landlord didn't need it. And then uh, we were together for a little bit and then we had a couple more fights. And then one day I came home from work and all of her stuff was gone. And I had a letter that said, uh, so essentially she moved them into an apartment oh! where she had the power. What so, a sting operation. Oh my yes. God. And then he had to be out in 30 days and was told not to contact her and that she was in the process of getting a restraining order. And then he was like, can she do this? Is this even legal? Like it's, we were, we were working things out and I was like, oh my God, this woman had to orchestrate an escape plan oh from this man. Oh my God. And then, which means he was dangerous. And then he's on the internet being like, can she get away from me? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's literally incredible. what he's asking. Can she legally get away from me? And I was like, this, this is nuts. This is, you never know who you're dating. And I don't want to just say men are the only people who are violent, but like you truly never know who you're actually dating I know. until they show their true colors. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I think the the early on that sentence, we got into a little DV. Mm-hmm. Like, we. No, you. Yeah. You, you did it. You did bad. Wow. 
wild. And cheers to her. Oh, my God. She must have been, her heart must have been beating for like two months straight as she's orchestrating this thing. Yeah. And then I was like, she probably had good friends who helped her. It's just like one of those things where it's like you... And then I think they tell you when you're in an abusive relationship that like you have to plan to leave because yeah. they don't let you leave, which is so fucking crazy. Anywho. And to, you know, <laughs> on moving day to make sure whoever's helping you move, you know, if you hired a mover, they mm-hmm. get there after he leaves. And, you know, yeah. oh, my God, that is so much to organize. And then like hope he doesn't like forget something and come back home. Like it's so crazy. I know. I know. Truly wild. And I don't want that. I want a nice man who doesn't do any DV to me. And I don't have to <laughs> Same. escape. Real quick, we got to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. You had your kid at 41. Yeah. And my mom had me rather late. Or I don't want to say late. Is that insulting to say that someone had a baby late? No, it's true. I mean, I think it's yeah, oh no, it's completely true. Forty one is okay. uh one of the I, I mean, I, I guess people have them up till forty five, you can, and then mm-hmm. it gets then you have to get help to have them later after that, unless you're like a an Irish immigrant from the eighteen hundreds, then you'll go up <laughs> until age fifty five. But I think you have to have Wait, really? started really early. Yeah, I think if if you have a ton of kids it's like who are those the the fundamentalists that had that all the J named kids? Um, is that the Duggars? Yes, she started really young, and she just I think I mean this isn't true for everyone, but it seems like the womb goes. Oh, all right, that's our gig. Once you if you shoot them out like once a year, and they doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> but yes, I did have a kid late. Yeah, um, was that scary, or or was it was it like? 
safe because you're like, oh, I'm like in my life and I know what's going on. It was a little scary and I it was an accidental pregnancy. And but I was also like I I, I as I was hitting 40, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have kids, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of a little like, OK. Hmm. And then this happened. I got pregnant and uh, it just felt like a an exciting surprise. And I also assumed I would have a miscarriage because everything I read was like, you know, your (laughs) womb's old. It's not going to hold it. So I didn't get connected to the fetus. Uh (laughs) I I call him by his name now, but at the time until about month seven, because then I knew Uh at that point, whatever, if I got if I went into labor, the child would survive. Right. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, you know, I guess. You always recommend your situation. I'm sure a 19 year old who is has, their kid is in college by the time they're 37, they say that's great too. But mm-hmm. um, I, I would say I was already formed as a as an adult. I did have some money saved up. I wasn't you know completely poor, and so I could uh, I don't know I, I I I I didn't feel like my kid had derailed anything. Like mm-hmm. wherever I was in my career, it was it never feels like it's enough. But I'm but I can obviously say, well, that was as far as I got. And then I had a kid and um, then it went a different direction. But it, that mm-hmm. was good, too. So I, I didn't feel like he caused me any career setbacks in a way. Early ones, you know, I think that's best case scenario. Yeah. And I think it's funny that you brought up like the 19 year old having a kid. And then it's like, by the time they're in college, you're like, I have the rest of my life. I but know. I don't. I don't want that because at that point I'm like set in my ways and I don't want to go out and have fun. Right. But in my early twenties, Oh boy, did I have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Too much fun. Some would say, (laughs) um, you have a joke about a guy masturbating next to you on a jet blue flight. And that JetBlue only gave you a $100 voucher. Is that true? It is true. It's 100% true. I even tweeted pictures. I took pictures of the guy doing it and sent it. Because you know the lights are lowered to make the flight yes. more romantic. And yes, uh, to make him more in the mood <laughs> to pull his dick out. Somebody who has great editing software lightened the photo. Because I... Because I, I couldn't, it was dark and I saw movement, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't know exactly what's happening, even though it's like two feet from me. And uh, and uh, for me to, I'd have to obviously stare. Like it was hard to see, <laughs> you know, you had to yes. look out the side of your eyes. And uh, and when they lightened the footage, it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, and I had the lightened footage in my hand as he was still doing it. I mean, it was really a weird situation. Um, because JetBlue has free internet, so I just uploaded it on Twitter, and uh, some people grabbed it and lined it for me. Uh, yeah, I sent it to JetBlue, and they gave me a hundred hundred bucks off. Already spent. Uh, yeah, I I I was. It's a longer story on stage, but definitely hoping for some kind of McDonald's hot coffee money. Um, mm-hmm. and it it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I think that's actually pretty unhinged. That someone was like, here's $100 for, like, someone essentially sexually assaulting you. Like, that's... But also, at what point on a flight are you like, I I gotta let a load out? I just... I simply... I've never been horny on a flight. This guy was ready immediately. Uh, We were... (laughs) I don't even think the fasten seatbelt light was off before (gasps) he was... Wait, on the ascent, he was like, gotta, gotta jerk off as we go to the sky. Yes, lights down, uh, cock out. Yes. <laughs> no, it wasn't out though. It was, it was covered. I was, I could, I would, I, I would need a guy to tell me if this was a full masturbation because his hand, it was on top of the pants. It wasn't inside. It was, oh, it was the more like he was comforting a nervous animal, like his penis was <gasps> afraid to fly. And he was just because it was rhythmic and it went on for a while. It, it did feel like some sort of nervous tick <laughs> just in his crotch, oh, which is, you no. know, some people shake their legs in the sky. And was... then other people stroke their dicks over their pants. That's so weird. I know. I know. And flight atten- and, and I couldn't move. It's packed flight. Flight attendants walking by, no one noticing. I, I And I, I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm the only one paying attention whatsoever. And then also it's like, what do you do? You call over a flight attendant. You're like, that man's stroking his penis. Like, 
then you seem like a weird narc and it's like why are you looking but then it's just like what's happening exactly there's no place to move me so if if i were to get up first of all he's gonna stop if i get up to move over him and then i'm just uh, i look like i'm making something up and they have no place to move him and uh and even if they were to talk to him, he would know it was me. Now I'm sitting mm-hmm. next to a guy I snitched on. There's no good options for me, yeah, Nicole. There's no but to, winning to record it <laughs> and try to <laughs> just try to get money out of it. it to Twitter. <laughs> Give me money. Yeah, I can't believe that they only gave you a hundred dollars. They should have at least refunded your ticket. Exactly. Yeah. And it was one of those where I had bought it at the last minute. So it was about double the price. That's why it was in the oh, middle seat in the God. first place. I mean, I'm an aisle gal. I never would have seen this had I bought this two days in advance. But <laughs> <laughs> I also prefer the aisle when I'm in economy. Yeah. But if I'm in first class, then I do the window. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's nice. Kick out those legs. Look mm-hmm. out the window. Did you see someone posted a TikTok of a woman at the window seat? And I think it was first class because there was space next to her seat and a man just like was leaning over her to uh film and take pictures of the window the view and she she put the camera in her lap so it's you can see him completely Uh leaning into her space to take pictures it's crazy that's rude yeah i don't like that um I don't understand why people simply don't seem to understand personal space anymore. Right. Yeah. Or like how to act in public. Everyone is like out of their fucking minds all the time. Yeah. Actually, I do get it. I really think we're all still living with a lot of trauma from 2020. That's the theory. Yeah. Yeah. I think we spent a lot of time alone and now we're just really back in the world and (laughs) crazy. Yeah. And we're all sort of, you know, we have our own little information bubbles. So we don't interact with people that don't think like us that much. And so in a plane, you're just like all of a sudden, you know, confronted with them. And maybe it's just you're not used to it, you know, anymore. Yeah. And I still wear a mask on a plane. I it's not even a COVID thing anymore. It's just I people sniffling. It's just all of it, I think, is actually really gross. And then I know that it's not like fully recycled air, but it's nasty. It and is. we're all in there and mm-hmm. we're all next to each other. Um, but I was on a flight and this man was like still wearing a mask. And I was like, yes. And he was like, why? And I was like, why are you in my business? So I just said, I make too much money to get sick. And then he was quiet. <laughs> I love it. I love but it. I was like, you just, I guess you just have to be sassy to people so they leave you the fuck alone. <laughs> um, I'm asked too. I was on a Southwest flight, flight recently and the, we were delayed and the flight attendant sat down and just started talking to me. And I realized, cause I have my mask, like she, it's, I'm a, I'm a person without a mouth. I'm just a pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this, this lady will really listen to me. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm just like a muted horror doll that can't talk back. And she just didn't stop talking. It was crazy. That, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because on flights, people really talk to me. Yeah. Like this one man just wouldn't shut up. I was flying, I did a show in Honolulu and I was flying back. And this man was like, you know, I spent all day in the hotel. And I was like, but you were in Hawaii. Why don't you go to the beach? And he's like, well, in 1995, I was in North Carolina and it was New Year's Eve and I slipped right into a lake. And then I woke up New Year's Day in a hospital right from a coma. So I don't really do the water anymore. And I was like, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> like, what do you say what? to that? <laughs> I was like, you're giving me a soliloquy about how you almost died. And I was just like, go to the beach. And he was like, certainly can't. <laughs> oh, God. And even your cries of please stop talking to me are muffled. Like they yes. legit can't hear you and they just keep going. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot, too. Either either little, little sarcastic stuff or it's huge stories, mm-hmm. you know. And it just doesn't end. Yeah. Can I ask you about the like when you when you broke your wrist right before giving birth? Mm, yes, uh, this was ridiculous. Um, so I was doing Best Week Ever. Do you remember Best Week Ever on VH1? Yes, on VH1. Yeah. So I was, uh, it was like a couple days before my due date and it was my last VH1 Best Week Ever. So I did it. I was at the uh, train station. I was at the, um, it, there, it was a, it, 
a C and an A. I forget which one. It was in near Midtown, right? And I was running for the express train because I was going up to 145th. And uh, that's when I fell. And I protected with my right hand, I protected the belly. And the left hand, I went down like nine months pregnant on my wrist. And that's when I broke it. And honestly, what I was trying to do is save myself six minutes of time. (laughs) And and I ended up not only giving birth in great pain, but uh, I couldn't take painkillers or get it fixed for like six weeks because my son was breastfeeding. So it just, you know, was healing improperly for a while. And then I had surgery. And it's still a little wonky, you know, shaped and stuff. There's like this bend. But yeah, it kind of sucked. I was just holding my kid with a in a cast the first couple weeks. Oh, but, no. Oh, well. Do you bring it up to him a lot that you allowed your wrist to heal improperly for him? I should. And thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> um, he's been getting away with murder as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> God, that's so wild. Did like people rush to your aid? No, no. Not at all. Because I I also, I got up like, I'm fine. Oh, ow. (laughs) You know, it just hurt a lot. I didn't realize it was broken until, until, yeah, I I got there. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah. Um, It is wild what the body does because I fell down my stairs and uh, dislocated my ankle. And for a hot second, I was like, oh, I should get up. And then I was like, oh, I actually cannot (laughs) get up. And then... I like tried a little bit and then I was like, I don't think I could ever walk uh, again. Oh, God. But I can and it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was wild that my body was like, get up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you just don't think you're breaking things, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I guess I have to, you know, continue to write with my right hand. Okay. It's, oh, no, it's worse than that. <laughs> um. So wait, you grew up in California, but then you moved to New York. Mm hmm. Why not do you stand up in L- like in LA? Why did you move to New York? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was weird. A lot of my cohort from San Francisco moved to LA and um I guess they didn't feel like I was part of their their group in a way cuz they were kind of more going towards alt comedy and I and I was kind of a road comic, you know, based mm-hmm. out of the Bay Area. And um when I went to New York, I, I don't know, it just was like the you know do you do you remember the first time you know, were you born in New York? No, I was born in no, Jersey okay. and then moved to New York. I don't know what it's like if if it, it was ha- this would have the same feeling you had these same feelings but going to New York for the first time is like your brain blows up. Especially if yes. I'm you're from a California suburb, you've only seen either Spike Lee movies or Woody Allen movies. So there's like two New Yorks and they're both <laughs> out of reach. I'm like I don't fit in either world and just going there and um, I just was I, I almost like like just had to sit on the sidewalk and like look and take it all in. And I just really wanted to try to conquer it, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like so that's the feeling I had. I think a lot of people have that when they move to New York. You're just it's so stimulating and so different from how you were raised. You you, you want that you, or you don't. If you don't want that, that you're a different type of person. You want to scurry back home. Scurry is obviously my commentary on people who don't want to live in New York. people who don't like cities, you little idiot, you got to scurry away. That's funny. Back to your garage and your second bathroom. Uh, But yeah, Um, so I I fell in love and uh, just wanted to give it a go. How long were you there? Um, I was like 10 years exclusively and now I'm more in LA, but I go back and forth a lot because I Mm -hmm. kept my place. So I still... Go back. Is it rent controlled? <laughs> um, it's 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 uh it is uh, affordable. It's a rude question. <laughs> um, I I will say this. It's because um I grew up in Jersey. We would go to the city a lot, and I remember the first time I went, I was like, I have to live here. Like this is incredible. Yeah. And then our whole goal, me and my, I lived with the. Uh, there was like five of us who lived together for a while, but then there it like pared down to three. And our whole goal, like Carrie Bradshaw, was to get a rent controlled apartment. Oh my so God. we could just like live freely and never have to worry about the rent going up. And then we did get one. And then I immediately moved to LA. 
Oh, no. And I regret oh. not keeping it because it was $1,800 for a three-bedroom. Oh, um, and it was at 160th in St. Nicholas. <gasps> and it was on the second floor. We did have an elevator, but it was just the second floor, so we didn't need the elevator. And it was huge. It was Those so Those are huge apartments big. up there. Oh, my God. Was it an old <sighs> – it was an old pre-war, right? It was – yeah, pre-war. Oh. Uh, but, like, really well kept up. And yeah. the kitchen was big. The living room was enormous. Like we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We went to the Bronx to get a couch and we got one for $500 and it was like sitting on a pile of sticks. It was the least <laughs> comfortable couch you would ever have in your whole life. But we were like, we did it. Yeah. We bought a couch. <laughs> <laughs> the the first year of living in New York and populating whatever space you're living in mm-hmm. is so exciting. You know, you. you yes. Yeah, you're like, I'm making choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a real adult. We bought yeah. in our old apartment, we bought this. I, I found this purple couch on Craigslist for like $75 or $100. Went, picked it up, put it in our space. And this is after years of having futons. And we were like, yes, a real couch. And then my friend Evan came over, sat on the back of it, and broke it immediately. The first night oh. I had it. <laughs> uh, New York. But did you keep the couch and just yes. tell people not to sit on that end? Yes, yeah. <laughs> of course we did. I was like, I simply can't go get another couch. I remember getting furniture at Gotham Furniture, and I was like, mm-hmm. Gotham, because I live in New York City. And I, I just felt like <laughs> such a New Yorker. <laughs> and it's just like I such a chain that. of, you know, wood, you know, uh, seats and stuff like that. Chairs it's like a pottery and- barn, but you're like, it's from Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Lori, well, real, oh my God, real quick, we have to take a break. Okie doke. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. What's the last date you went on? Do you remember? Was it good? The last date I remember was, oh, it was a lunch date. And no, it was like a coffee date. And the guy, oh, my God, 
So the guy, there was really no, we talked, but there was no, there seemed to be no connection on both mm-hmm. ends. And then um, we each paid for our own coffee. <laughs> Fine. And then I did, I did a set on Conan and he commented in the comments, I went on, I actually went on a coffee date with her. Can you imagine? And I'm like, what the Can fuck? you imagine? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. my word. I know, I know. And it was it was more the whole day was just like chit-chat. And I and I think it's just a complete fear of women in comedy. But also like if you why are you watching me on TV if you weren't into like what is yes. that? Why are you still following it and commenting on things the wildest part is commenting i think it's well within reason for him to be like oh i'm curious to see what this person i went on a date with uh you know does for a living since it's so public but then to comment can Mm -hmm. you imagine yeah oh did you respond i don't remember i i don't remember i i could go back and I could go back and find it, but he also used the emoji with the teeth, like like that, like <laughs> like what 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 do you mean? I I am, did I did I do a joke about cutting penises off? I didn't. Uh, it's fine. You You're know, safe the with best, me. The best part about that is, I'm sure he brings. If he's not in a relationship, every date he goes on, he brings it up, like. <laughs> Every time he meets a new woman, he's like, I want on a date with a lady who does stand up. Do you want to see it? And they're like, no, oh. <laughs> I simply don't. He thinks That's every so funny. joke is about him. It's like you are <sighs> this date didn't even merit a joke. And I only bring it up now because Nicole asked <laughs> and I had to search the archives. So it's not even top level. I wonder if the gentleman I've been, I don't think the men I've been out with like even uh, consume my comedy enough to be like, you're talking about me. <laughs> huh. do, are you on apps and do they know you're Nicole Byer or? I was on apps. Uh, I got off them this year because I was like, it's sad out here. And uh, I opened them and I don't feel good. And right. You know, I just eh, not for me anymore. But maybe maybe in the future, I'll hop back on. Um, and very rarely did they know who I was. Uh, mm-hmm. My demographic isn't straight men. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I'll do shows and I'll go. Are there any straight men here? No, you can hear a pin drop. Um, but I did go out with this man one time who I've talked about him before. He was like, I don't know who you are. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you saying you don't know who I am makes me feel like you know exactly who I am. And then he was like, later he said, oh, my roommates, they're girls. They listen to your podcast. And I was like, (sighs) okay. And then later he was like, I did see you on Conan and you're (laughs) pretty, you're funny. And I was like, okay. So it was just like him just slowly being like, I know exactly who you are. Big fan, big fan. And then uh, the date was just bad. And I ignored every single red flag he was waving at me. At one point, he told me he sleeps all day and he has a night job. And that he he was like, yeah, I sleep all day. And and I don't really like the sun. I don't really like being awake with other people. And I was like, I think that's called depression. Have you been to like <laughs> therapy? And then he like looked at me and was like, therapy's for rich people. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Every sentence reveals more and more how he's not the right guy for you. Yes. But just the idea that he had this information about you and he's slowly planning mm-hmm. when to leak how much he knew about you was also... A lot of deception, uh, almost on the level of the woman who, uh, you know, got out of the DV situation mm-hmm. where, like, how much have you been thinking about me and when to tell me, you know, instead yeah. of just offer it all up. I'm your biggest fan. I listened to your podcast. Yeah. I watched your Conan. I can't believe you want to go on a date with me. <laughs> I, that would be amazing, right? I, you know, it is interesting. Sometimes that's great and sometimes it's not. It really just depends on the person. Like, I match with this guy And he was like, oh, I've been a really big fan for a long time. And I'm really excited that we match. And I can't I'm like, I'm really excited. Like, are you free 
um, to go out this weekend. And I was like, yes, I am. And I thought he was really cute. And I was like, I like that. But had he been like, I don't know, a slightly different looking person, I'd be like, ew, no, I never want to go out with you. <laughs> it just really depends. Um, and then he ended up canceling on me because he got back together with his um, his ex-girlfriend. And I was like, oh, that's really fun and, and delightful. Um, he literally wrote me a soliloquy about how <laughs> he was sad that he wasn't going to be able to take me out. And I was like, I don't need this. this oh, my is God. Not, this is not it. Do you think that's true? Do you think he was nervous? Do you think he maybe freaked out and wanted a good reason to not go out with you? Do you think maybe he's like, I... I because he liked you so much, it was almost too many feelings and he couldn't have that sort of masculine control like he the exuberance intimidated him that he had for you. Maybe. What a treat that would be to like. Yeah. To be so overwhelming to someone that they're like, I simply couldn't. <laughs> I must go back with someone else. Oh, yeah. oh my God, the power I have. <laughs> I don't know. That never crossed my mind. I think I was just like, oh, well, another person who uh, hurt my feelings, but also didn't yeah. hurt my feelings because I didn't meet them. So, right, right. and then I truly didn't have anything invested other than like, oh, what a dream. I get to go on a date with someone who already likes me. <laughs> well, I wonder if now, if it is true that he went back with his ex, could he always say, you know what? Uh, you better be nice to me or I've got <laughs> Nicole Byer on standby. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, pretty funny. I'm sure she'd be like, okay, then go be with her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> He's like, that's not how I thought it would work out. <laughs> I just want to pivot back to Valentine's Day. Okay, the year is 2026. You have been dating someone for nine and a half months and Valentine's Day is just around the river bend. What is your ideal Valentine's Day date? I guess it would be uh, some sort of dinner overlooking the Pacific Ocean. That's nice. Some place that has never had a comedy night. <laughs> I, I don't want to walk in and go, oh, yeah, I performed here. Mm -hmm. And I don't want comedians to appear. I want mm. it to be just us over candlelight and all that kind of stuff, looking over the water and enjoying each other's company. Oh, that's like nice, simple, and romantic. What a dream. Okay, yeah. I'm going to steal it. I want that too. <laughs> And I'll go to a different restaurant. Don't worry. Um. <laughs> oh, that's right. What if there are other comedians? What if mm -hmm. there's only one restaurant that we could actually go to where we're there's no threat of a comedy show breaking out? And so we're all there on Valentine's Day. <laughs> that would be so funny. I have performed at many a shows where people are eating dinner and they're like, wait, what? I don't want this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I also don't want this. I thought you'd be an audience of people who chose <laughs> to I be know. at a show. It is so weird that people are served food while they're laughing. Because yes. it's one or the other with your mouth. And so... <laughs> If you if you accidentally eat and someone tells a joke you like, you're either going to suppress it or mm -hmm. be so disgusting that I'm going to have to leave the building. <laughs> you just like spray chunks of your food everywhere. Um, yeah. I yeah. did a show. I did a weekend at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the worst weekends. And I really felt like every single show, they didn't know someone was performing and that I was interrupting their dinner, their full fucking dinners, like during my set. So was there a host? I don't remember. No, they didn't hire a host. So it was just my friend Christy who was featuring and hosting. She was doing, I think, of like a half hour and they weren't done with their dinner by the time I got on stage. So I was on stage just hearing clink, clink, clang, clang. And they're like, oh, I need more water. Oh, my bread didn't come. And I was like, what is this? It was awful. That that feels like the setup to a lot of Eastern Seaboard funny bones where mm -hmm. they just they they buy the franchise and stick it at a, a Black Angus or some sort of steakhouse <laughs> and then just start doing shows. 
Yeah, it's wild. But you're right. Like a full dinner at a at a stand up club is wild. Give yeah. nachos to people, little finger foods. Yeah. Not right. steaks. Nothing you need to use a fork to put in your mouth. It needs yes. to be real casual, real small. Yeah. Yes. Um, Lori, I have a question. I ask all of my guests who are stand-ups this. Do you have any chuckle fuckers or have you had? Well, here's the thing. I don't get, you know, I get some men after a show when I'm selling merch, but um, I uh, fear for my safety always and Mm -hmm. uh, flee to the hotel room so I don't get murdered. That's my goal at the end of every every night. Um, But my son's father was my feature uh, at a club. That's how we met. And so, um, obviously, not the happiest of endings. But mm-hmm. it, after my, you know, my kid is the the great part. Um, so yeah, I have hooked up with a, some comics. Uh, mm-hmm. I also, you know, hooked up with a comic during a comedy competition. But he wasn't um, he wasn't doing great. So it, I didn't feel like I was, you know, exploiting anything <laughs> <laughs> or trying to get a higher place. So. You're trying to fuck him out of the competition. You're already doing <laughs> terribly. I'll take you out with my pussy. God, that's so funny. Um, I I feel like I say this all the time. I feel like men have so many chuckle fuckers, and ladies don't really have very many. I don't. I've only fucked one audience member, and I've done so many shows. What was the condition? What made you feel safe with this person? Um. On stage, I said, are there any straight men here? And there was one man who was like, I am. And I said, okay, are you single? And he said, yes. And he was Irish. And I was like, okay. And I was like, are you here with friends? And they were like, he was like, yes. And then I said to the friends, I said, is he a nice man? And they were like, yes. And I said, okay, well, get in my DMs on Instagram if you're a nice man. Oh, my God. And he did. And then he came to my hotel room and then he was really, really nice. And we had a very nice night. Um, He made it into my special because he called me. God, what did he call me? Scraggles mix. I don't know. I my my pussy wasn't shaved all the way, and he had a thing to say, and I said okay. Um, and then we like talked on and off on Instagram for a little bit, and then I very recently was like, "Hey, do you want to do my podcast and talk about that? Because that was fun and wild." And he was like, "I don't think my girlfriend would like it." And I was like, "Of course you're dating someone. Of course you're happy in a relationship." Yeah. You know, I feel like female comics are something a man has to get out of his system before he can settle down with a normal woman. <laughs> and so we're always we're always a story for them. Um, but I, I think it's cool that y- your fan base, uh, they they vetted him for you, mm-hmm. you know, and you would trust them. I mean, that seems like the be- that's almost better than an actual matchmaker vetting is your people that love you and came mm-hmm. to see you vetting the guy. That's really yeah. cool. Because he was not familiar with anything I had done. Um, and I believe him because he truly was just like, yeah, I I didn't know you at all. And you were really funny. And I was like, oh, because usually it's a man going, I didn't know who you were. And uh, you were pretty funny. You should keep going. And I'm like, you could say I'm very funny. You could say you had a nice time. You, you don't have to keep. I don't need an inspiration to keep going. I will. Yeah, I know. But yeah. And then he was just like, I had such a nice time. And I'm glad my friends brought me. He was just a really nice man. Oh, cool. And did he go back to Ireland or was he U.S. based? No, I think he still lives in the city I met him in. I think. I don't know. I think he was like, he's here to stay, which is crazy because I would go back to Ireland. Please. Any any way to escape, I would yeah. I would take. Every yeah. time I leave here, I go, it's better everywhere else. Everywhere. But then I'm like... <laughs> The the like learning curve of living somewhere else and the adjustment I think would be too much for me, which is why I keep coming back home to my leaky house. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, especially if you have to learn another language. Um, uh, yes, but I do, I do want to live in Europe for a little while and just do stand up there. And uh, that's fun, you know. Before I die, it's one of the, one of those things that I want to do while I'm healthy, you know, mm-hmm. and can traipse around and climb up those those little tiny stairs that they have. So many stairs. I don't know how old people live in Europe. It's a lot of like either. cobblestone and walking and stairs. I know. And in Italy, uh, I mm-hmm. mean, I haven't been to Italy, but just what I've seen, wh- just 
how did the elderly do it? And they're, you know, they're in incredible shape. That's why they've been doing it their whole lives. I don't know. Uh, I went to Italy and it is a lot of cobblestone. And I was like, you can't wear heels here. You can't wear anything but a sneaker here. And it was so hard. I love Italy. You got to go to Italy. I know. I know. It's so pretty. And also the pasta, anywhere you go, the pasta is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I got carbonara or cacio e pepe. I don't remember. But I had asked for Parmesan cheese and the man said no. And I was like, okay. And then my friend Matteo, who was with me, I think you know Matteo Lane. Lane? Yeah. Oh my God. He was like, they're not going to give it to you. <laughs> oh my God. Incredible. Is he from Italy or is he Italian, just Italian American? Or... He is Italian American, but has family, I believe, in Sicily. Oh um, my God. He's going to, he's, someone's going to get this back to him and he's going to be like, Nicole, you got that wrong. And <laughs> I'll just apologize in advance, Matteo. But I know he's got family in Italy. It's wild. He speaks Italian and he speaks Spanish and he also oh my speaks God. French. It's nuts. Anyway. He's too talented for lowly stand up comedy. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like stand up should be the last resort. And if someone can sing and has the, his yes. abilities, I'm like, what are you doing in the gutter where the rest of us are? Please, you're an opera singer. My God. That's so funny. I think that all the time. I'm like, you're too talented and you're hot. This sucks. <laughs> Lori, I have a question. Yes. Do you have any advice for people who are single? Um, I would say having um, had a kid and having lived, had to move my mother in with me uh, the last four years of her life is things change quickly and your life can change really quickly with other responsibilities. And so have as much fun as you can while you are the only person you're responsible for. Because when you're not, then that changes you permanently and that it's, it's often a permanent change. So do it all now while you can. And, um, yeah, I think that's my advice to single people. I like that. Do it all while you can. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree because I think, I feel like you're bolder when you're younger. So it's like, just get it all out. Do everything you want. And the thing is, is even if you're not going to have kids, and I know a lot of people aren't, you, you probably will have an elderly parent situation. And it's very overwhelming. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, in that that happens in the blink of an eye. It really does. People deteriorate rather fast um, yeah. when they need to be taken care of. I don't think I'm having any children, but also both my parents are dead. I'm free. I got Fireworks. no responsibilities. Girl, I don't even know why you're doing this podcast. Go to Italy right now. Get on a plane. What are you Goodbye. doing here? <laughs> um, Lori, I ask all of my guests this. Would you date me? I would, absolutely. And let's keep this podcast going, Nicole. Yes. <laughs> okay, Lori, do you have anything that you want to promote? I have a, a new special that uh came out uh January 30th, and it's called Cis Woke Grief Slut. <laughs> and uh, it's about an hour of stand-up, a ton of jokes. I joke about my mom dying of COVID, um, I, being a parent, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I have my dates on my website, LoriKilmartin.com. I'll be in Chicago in March. I'll be in Ann Arbor in March. I'll be in uh, Vermont, uh, Burlington in May, and uh, Dayton, Ohio, also in May. So. Ooh, sexy Dayton, Ohio. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever been there. I do feel like the, I do get flirted with more in Ohio by conservative men who want to change me. And Ugh. I am willing to endure that sort of, I guess, hate fuck. If, um, <laughs> but again, my son has to be out of high school. <laughs> That's really funny. They are they very vigorous. Change yes. you? I think so. Yeah, I get this. Yes, because you know what? I was raised by Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of, and so I feel like I emanate some sort of like, uh, oh, she's she's straight far from home, mm-hmm. but I can get her back <laughs> to the land. She's she's that's an animal funny. that's out in the wild with liberals or something. You know, that's like a man being like, "You're a lesbian. I can change that," and it's like, well, yes. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you can fuck my liberalism out of me. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, Lori, thank you so much for doing this. Um, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, you can give me five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you write me something dirty hitting on me, um, and you can submit that to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. This Good. nice person said, My dream date with you is when I shave off all of your hair and cover you in money, Wolf of Wall Street style. Okay. Before laying down on a surgery table to dissect your vagina. This person (laughs) wants to cut me up. Wait, it started so good. And then what a turn. And then they're cutting me up. That's terrible. (laughs) Someone call the police. Uh, You're in danger, Nicole. (laughs) Well, That really upset me. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. This show is produced by me, Mars, with guest research by Lindsay Kempf. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, with guest booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.